Spirit, and I receive in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, how I love Jesus. Say it with me. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. He calls, he first loved me. Why don't you lift your hands from the heart? Oh, how I love Jesus, yes, oh, how I love Jesus, oh, how I love One more time, hallelujah. Oh, how I love Jesus. Yes, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I you clap your hands to the Lord? Anybody glad for the love of an awesome God? Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Well, it is wonderful to be in the presence of the Lord today. And honored to stand where I stand today to whatever committee that got mixed up and caused this, <laughs> Man, I'm honored to stand here and to the great men of God that are here today, I would rather be where you're at, receiving from someone else, we honor to Brother Odom, chairperson of the executive council, Amen. the Worldwide Pentecostal Fellowship, and uh, love him, Sister Odom. They really don't have a clue how much I love them. Amen. But I am, amen, honored to be here with all the ministers of the General Council and Brother Vanderford, chairperson of the South Central Region. Amen. And then Brother Gross, who is on this platform today. And I look forward to letting this man preach to me today. Praise God. Amen. Amen. I made this statement many times uh, through the years of my ministry that I do not take this lightly. Amen. Uh, and I want you to know that today. Praise God. I just want the good touch of the Lord to help us. Amen. Thankful for my family. My wife is here today. Love and appreciate my wife. Uh, the Lord took out a rib gave me a prime rib. And I'm a Big, I'm big on steaks. Amen. And I'm grateful. And one of my heroes just walked in, and that's my son. Amen. I'm glad he's here today. And there's several people here from First Pentecostal Church of Sumrall. I'm glad you're here. Amen. Praise God. Now, Brother Mays, he said he drove a long way to hear me preaching. You're close. God, I, I just want to do what the Lord said. Now, let me say this. I many times walk to the desk. And the preachers here will understand this. There's times I've walked to the desk and I've had four different sets of notes in my Bible because, I'll be honest, I didn't have a clue at that moment where I was headed. 
had good feelings, good intentions. And, uh, and just that moment, all of a sudden, we know. Sometimes I went home knowing I didn't. <laughs> Amen. But I, several, several months ago, when I was told that I'd be speaking, it was only a couple of days. Amen. A couple of days. And uh, the Lord put something in my spirit and I knew. I knew. So I don't have any other plans in the book today. And so, Brother Gross, you may have the job of fixing all this in just a few. But I felt like the Lord let me know then, just, just a few days. And I'll tell you what, it's eating me alive. I've preached it in my truck. I've preached it in the bed. I've preached it in the shower. I've preached it everywhere. God just talking to me. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Give honor to Brother Godair. Sorry I could not be here. A death in my family. Many connections. And uh, we were at that wake last evening with Brother Don Travis. feel much better in just a little bit. Praise God. I see preachers all in this room. Praise God that I feel that I'm a product of you. And I, I give honor to you, wonderful men of God in my life. Amen. St. Luke chapter number 24. St. Luke chapter 24. I'll begin reading at verse number 44 through 49. St. Luke 24 and verse number 44. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you. That all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And said unto them, Thus it is written and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations. Beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. Now watch. And behold, I send. Everybody say, send. I send the promise of my Father upon you. <laughs> He's saying, it's coming. It's coming. I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. I sinned. And just for a little while, amen, I got a big clock right there in my church. Sorry, God's church. Got in trouble for that more than once. Everybody say, I sinned. We're going to talk about a godsend. You ever heard that? A godsend. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. You're an awesome God. I trust you today. I'm a failure without you. Need your divine help, your divine anointing. Let your hand rest on us, Lord, to speak the word of the Lord to this wonderful group of people, this wonderful congregation. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for this day. Help us, oh God. And we'll give you the glory and the praise. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Clap your hands to the Lord and praise Him before you see it. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. You're a great God. You're a mighty God. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Brother Patrick. Brother Patrick is my friend. Trust me. Love him and his family. You may be seated. All of my life, I have heard the statement, 
of, well, it was a godsend. I can't really convey to you the origin of that statement uh, or this little, if you want to call it a cliche, but most of us at some time or another have has used this little, now, it was a godsend to me or it was a godsend to us. I don't have to think real hard, trust me, to remember some of these moments in my life. The older I get, I realize many things in my past, though I did not recognize at the moment, but they were most definitely a godsend. Somebody say amen. In other words, it was a moment thing when God stepped in and you know, again, sometimes it was way on down days after months or years and we could look back and know for surely that it was a God thing. I have a few personal God sins. I don't want to bore you with personal things, but let me tell you, I was uh, in Nashville several years back and some of you have heard this story and I'll try to shorten it. Uh, I was working on a, an album and doing some uh, vocals there and the man that owned the studio, uh, he was named Kevin McManus. Some of you know him. He had a fine airplane. And he was close. We were finished for the day, about to leave. And he said, you know, you and your son, my son was with me. Do, do y'all want to go? I got to make a short trip in my airplane this afternoon. A little 30, 40-minute flight. Would you like to? Oh, man. Yeah. So we went out to the airport with him. And they opened up a hangar and rolled out this gorgeous airplane. Beautiful, high-performance aircraft and uh, it was uh, Kevin McManus in the front he was the pilot he let me sit in the front with him my son was just over my left shoulder and another young man named Tyson who was an engineer in the studio he was in the plane only a four-seater we took off it was fun 30-minute flight we're banking in at a place uh, I thought I would never forget the name of that little town but I just did and I'm not even 50 yet but I'm close. And uh, I was looking at that runway, and he's banking that airplane in, and so I started paying attention. I'm not a pilot, but I have heard pilots talk, and they talk about an easy landing. You don't want to bounce people around. So I was paying attention see how many times we bounced and how soft we sit down. So there's the runway. He gets it lined up, and you know how it is. Those of you who's been in a small aircraft, it's all this. And, and we get right to that runway, and... And uh, he touches down, and it's really nice. I was like, man, that's cool. And about five seconds after the first little bounce and we sat down, the tire blew on the right side, on my side. I don't know why on my side. Uh, anyway, it didn't really matter. It, it got crazy, just trust me. We were at a very high rate of speed because it was... Uh, there was three good-sized gentlemen in there, and then there was me. I was small. No. Anyway, and uh, when that tire blew, I, I, I started paying attention, trust me. And I saw Kevin McManus start fighting the controls of that aircraft. And he, the first words out of his mouth, I can't handle this airplane like this. And we left the runway, and... Uh, we hit a small, it was not a ditch, it was just a little small little swell, and then there was just a grass field, and we are moving, and that plane picks up speed, it seems. And we, he loses control of the airplane, and there's hangars and fences going by, but it's wide open, there's nothing really for us to hit yet. And we're going across that grass, and I saw these fuel tanks, that was as big as this back wall, you trust me. They were in a chain link fence. They had the words flammable written across in six to eight, ten foot letters. And we were straight at him. He had no control of the airplane. It's spinning. And I hit the dash. My handprint may be there today. I slapped the dash and I said, in Jesus' name. And uh, God showed up. 
It was an uneven place, I guess, in the grass. I don't, I don't know what truly caused. But because of an uneven place in the ground, that plane was now at this point sideways. It hit something. All of the landing gear, not just bent, it was tore completely out from under the aircraft. That plane went down in that grass and was spinning in that slick grass. All the, and it started losing momentum, and we slid right up there, and there was that fence right there. And those, I'm telling you about a godsend. I know it was God. Praise God. Anybody know he's an on-time God? <laughs> Praise God. I, I was fighting. I, he said, let's, the first thing he said after we stopped, this thing's full of fuel. Let's get out. And I had the door. I'm on the door side. I opened that door. I'm trying my best to get out of that airplane. And he tapped me on the shoulder and said, if you take the seatbelt off, it's much quicker. It happened. Took it off. We got out. And, amen. And I thank God. It was a godsend. Praise God. And it, the devil may want to kill us, but if it ain't time, God will step in. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise God. About five years ago. Uh, five years ago, my son came home from playing basketball with some guys around the church and, uh, he wanted to show me some bruises on his legs and we just, just bumping around under the goal playing basketball. His legs were just black, big areas all over him. And we mentioned it to someone, they told us something's wrong. So we, uh, went and got it checked out to make the long story short, we found out uh, and he was diagnosed with uh, ITP, and that is, I'll try to tell you, idiopathic thromb thrombocytopenic purpurea. It is a blood platelet disease, and uh, it was very serious. And the doctor said just a small, anything small could happen, and he could hemorrhage and bleed to death just in moments. Uh, it turned into a long ordeal and uh, a lot of hospital visits and, and treatments. And uh, I'll never forget uh, the, the first morning they sent us to the cancer center. Now, if you don't know my past and my family, I've lost some dear people to, to the horrible disease of cancer. Some that very, very close to me. And I'll never forget the morning I got out of the vehicle with my wife and uh, we were to meet my son and his wife there. And I, I remember walking across that, that parking lot and I looked up on the side of that building, those big words, Cancer Center, and it was like the devil wanted me to see it. And uh, I, I cannot tell you where my wife and I was at that moment. I cannot... We only have the one child, and here we are, and, and uh, the past was glooming. And, uh, I, I cannot explain uh, where we was, and I was walking. And at that moment, I had never, ever sent a text in my life. I did not know how to send a text. You could not send a text with my phone. You could send one to me. And my phone buzzed, and I'm walking across that parking lot, and I got my phone out, and I kind of walked to the side and pushed the button. And there was a man that was 2,500 miles from me. And this is what he said. Brother Bourne, I woke up this morning. God put your face before me in prayer. And I just want you to know that I think I touched heaven for you today. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what the preacher's saying? It was a God sin. I want to get the point across that I, I know it wasn't man. It was not that man personally, but it was a God thing. And God used a, a great man that I have much respect for to send that message to let me know, hey, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what you're going through. You still serve a big, a great, and an awesome God. Hallelujah. It was a God sin. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise God. He's an on-time God. I am the product of the men of God that I have allowed to put their hands on my life. Everything I am and all that I have become are the results of men of God 
that were placed in my life that I know that God himself had something to do with it. I'll never forget a young man, a uh, little mixed up, a little bit messed up, I'll be honest, and uh, took my little wife and we took off and moved to a place called Columbia, Mississippi. And there was a man of God there, Brother Floyd Odom. And uh, I, I'll never forget, you know, it was, it was every time he walks to the desk. And uh, it just hasn't stopped, has it? But the, the move of the Holy Ghost and, and God speaking through him. And I'll never forget the day that he backed up on a Wednesday night and he called my name and I walked up to preach my first message and my title was Performing Under Pressure. <laughs> That's what I was doing. And I preached about Daniel and the, the pressure that he had, but he stood strong. And I, I put him in the lines then and old Sister Lambert, 30 years later, she still would remind me, you never got him out. He was always there to her because I never preached him out. I just got him in. I lasted about 12 minutes. Brother Odom said I did a tremendous job and God has forgave him for that. But it was my first day. But he was a man of God that God put in my life. And I know that God's hand was in it. And I can say to you today, he has been a godsend to me. Somebody say amen. Praise God. Many of you here today could say if it was your chance you would have the microphone and you could tell about men that God placed in the right time and in the right place that you knew, hallelujah, that it was from God and it made you what you are today. Somebody say amen. Praise God. Somebody say a God send. Many messages through the years across the pulpit have found their way to my ears. But they did not stop there. They continued on down and they resonate in my heart today and I, I think about my, my dad and I'll never forget my dad preaching about pulling men out of the fire my daddy preached on hell and oh Jesus but it moved me and it was a godsend in my life I, I, I'll never forget a Johnny Godair preaching and I knew they would be here today so just allow me I want my old church back Oh, hallelujah. I'll never forget, Brother Odom, the sin of silence. A well sitting on a well. Praise God. The God sins. God's timing does not miss, sir. God's timing does not make a mistake, ma'am. He is an on-time God. And it is a God sin. Hallelujah. Praise God. In the Old Testament in 1 Kings chapter number 18. Now, I need a Bible reader. Is that possible? Brother Patrick, could you do that for me? I've got a couple of scriptures here. Amen. And I, I may even forget I called you on and just bust right on by you. You can't never tell. But in the Old Testament, in 1 Kings chapter 18, Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, then follow him. But if Baal... Then follow him. So what are you trying to say, Elijah? Elijah is saying there can be but one God. One infinite, one supreme, one omnipotent, one all-sufficient, one all-powerful God. I believe I'm in a room with people that believes there is still but one God, the one true God, and we will worship him. Somebody say amen. Facing 450 prophets of Baal. A little different twist and turn of events though. But we are reminded of the words of Joshua when he said, Choose you this day whom you will serve. We all have a choice to make. Praise God. But he didn't finish there. He finally said, But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm determined. I've got a made up mind. Hallelujah. I'm not looking for something new or fresh. I'll do good with this old-fashioned gospel. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Elijah's proposal. It was fair. The Bible said the people answered him not a word. I'm going to give you a chance and then I'll take my chance. They didn't know what to say. The God that answereth by fire will just let him 
be God. Sacrifices are ready. I'm going to try to move quick here. Imagine the noise of 450 men all together. Oh, Baal, why don't you hear us? Oh, Baal, why don't you answer us? Oh, Baal, understand this went for a long time. The Bible said they begin to leap upon the top of the altar, jumping up and down from morning until the noon hour. They screamed out to their God, Oh, Baal, we want to hear a voice. Oh, Baal, we need to get an answer. Oh, Baal, we want you to show up with fire. I kind of like this part. If you know me personally, you probably could understand why. But Elijah started making fun of him. Now, it's one thing to say, hey, it's either your God or my God. It's one thing to say that, but it's another thing that while they're trying that you start making fun and mocking. He was written, I preached a message a long time ago about going out on a limb. Now that's really stepping out. He starts mocking and making fun. Hey boys, you ought to get a little bit louder. Maybe he's talking to somebody. Maybe he's pursuing something else. Maybe he's journey. He could be on a vacation. He's not hearing you. He might be asleep. Maybe you need to cry louder and awaken him. And they cried aloud. The Bible then tells me that they begin to cut themselves with knives and with lancets until the time of the evening sacrifice. But still, there was no voice. There was no answer. And the Bible said none regarded. There was no fire. There was no God sinned. I want Brother Patrick to begin to read in 1 Kings chapter number 18 and verse number 32. Testing. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Yes. We may not have a sound man in the building, do we? <laughs> and with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar, as great as he would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order and cut the bullock in pieces and laid him on the wood and said, Fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, Do it the second time. And they did it the second time. And he said, do it the third time. And they did it the third time. And the water ran round about the altar. And he filled the trenches also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the evening of the sacri evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of oh, Abraham. Here we go now. Isaac. He, he let them have their opportunity. There was no God sin. But God's man... God's man, you understand that, steps forward and said, I, I may have been mocking and making fun, but I told you it's going to be your God or it's going to be my God. Anybody still know that God will answer? Hallelujah. Shout amen. Read. The Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, oh, yeah. let it be known this day, this day that thou art God in Israel You're and God. that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord. Hear me that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Oh, then the fire of the Lord oh, fell. Somebody listen. And consumed then the, the fire fell. Why? And the wood. Hallelujah. And the stones. And Come the on. dust. Licking and licked up. up the water that was in the trench. Oh, yes. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. A demonstration for God's man. It was a godsend. He said, Lord, I put my faith and confidence in you up to this moment, and I know you're not going to fail me now. And when the gods of that world could not come through, God's man stood and said, now is the time. I want somebody to hear me. God will. Go ahead and step out on a limb with this God. He's faithful. He's true. And he'll show up. Hallelujah. Somebody say a God send. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalms 57 and 3. He shall send 
from heaven and save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up. Selah. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. I'm looking at people in this congregation today. Had it not been for the mercies of a great God, you would be nowhere near here. But God said, I'll send mercy to your life when you need it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A God send. I'll send forth mercy. Watch this. And I'll send forth truth. Thank God for truth. Psalm 68 and 33. To him that rideth upon the heavens of heavens, which were of old, lo, he doth send out his voice. Come and that a mighty voice. You ever needed a word from God and walked into the church house, sat down on a pew, and God sent a stumbling preacher out of a prayer room that said, I believe I've heard from heaven, and it was just to you. You know it was God. It was the voice of God, and it was a God send. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say a God send. All through the New Testament. You have many examples of God's sin. St. John chapter 5. Jesus walks into the porches of the pool of Bethesda. The Bible said at a certain season, the angel went down. I know who's here today and I know you know these stories and many of you can preach it better than me. But a certain season... The angel would come and the waters would be troubled and whosoever the Bible said was first to get in was healed and made whole of whatsoever disease they had. Just a couple verses later it says, a certain man, there's your good message, a certain man in a certain season. You can do that Sunday if you'd like. But a certain man in a certain season he laid there. It was not, the Bible does not record or tell us it was the day of the troubling of the water. It was talking about this was the place that that happened. But here comes the God man. Here comes Jesus. And I, I, I could take the time, but I don't have it to, to, to preach all the details. And I, I just want you to get the point. I'm headed somewhere. And uh, there, there's a place in the story when Jesus is conversing with this man. He saw him and knew that he had been in this place a long time. And the Bible tells us for 38 years he had laid there. And here comes the Lord and he's talking with him. And uh, uh, what is it you need? Well, he said, I, I don't have anybody. I don't have no man to help me when the time comes, uh, when the timing is right. And, and the angel moves and the water's troubled. Uh, I do my best, uh, but nobody helps me. And somebody always gets there before me. What he was saying is, uh, somebody always gets the godsend. Well, that was the norm. That's the way it would happen in those days. But today would not be normal. Because Jesus would say, Arise, take up thy bed, and walk. We don't have to wait on a certain day, a certain hour, a certain season. Because I'm here, hallelujah. And I say, arise, praise God. I'm glad that in 2012, it doesn't have to be a certain man. It doesn't have to be a certain preacher, hallelujah. It doesn't have to be a fine building with stained glass and a tall steeple. But in the humblest abode, hallelujah, the Holy Ghost can speak through a man of God. And my miracle can happen. My miracle can come because God is in the business of sending God sins. Hallelujah. Who sinned? Who was it that sinned? Was it his parents or he himself? Neither have sinned, but that the works of God could be made manifest. And he spit on the ground. You can tell I'm going to move real fast right here for a few moments. And he put mud pies in his eyes. And he said, you go wash in the pool of Siloam. He leaves. 
Praise God. I don't know the distance between where he was and the pool of Siloam. But I don't believe it took very long that they started hearing the screams and the cries and the rejoicing of a man that was coming back that was not feeling along the walls of the city. But he was running and he was dancing and he was glorifying God because God had sent him a God sent. It's amazing in John chapter 9 when you read in that little story how many times they pressed mom and dad. It's about nine questions. Who did it? What did it? Where did it? When did they? Why? And on and on the question. They finally said he's of age. Go ask him. And all the who's and the where's and the why's and the when's. He couldn't understand but he said I'll tell you this. Once I was a blind man but look at me now. Look what God has done in my life. It was a God sin. And as long as there was something left in the drawer, as long as there was something left, she would go back and get a few more coins and say, maybe I can find another physician. And she spent all that she had and was nothing bettered. But the noise of the crowd, something was different today because the God man, hallelujah, God robed in flesh and the person of Jesus Christ came walking down her street. No, it wasn't a big fanfare and she wasn't called out in the lights, but somewhere crawling amidst the legs of the people and pressing her way through the crowd she was able to just touch the hem of his garment and that power was released hallelujah and it went through her body and it was a godsend many boats had passed that way oh think of it naked lacerations and blood and the tombs and the graveyards, you know, many had went that way just to see him run out on the shore. Taunting and mocking. Oh, but today was a different day. Today would be much different than before. Chains and bands and fetters couldn't hold him. But stepping off of the bow of that boat on this day was a man that was a godsend for his life. A man that was outcast, quarantined, away from his family, those that he loved. When they came back, I'm moving quick. The Bible said he was clothed and he was in his right mind. And it was because of a godsend in his life. I'd love to give Brother Odom the mic and let him preach this one for a moment. A life ravaged and torn and abused and bruised and rejected and destroyed. She goes to that well that day at the off time where she would not be noticed. But when she arrived at the well, there was a well sitting on the well. Hallelujah. You know the details. You'll have to come back tomorrow if you keep drinking from this well. It may satisfy a yearning for just a little while. But you're going to have to come back tomorrow. Because when you drink of this water. You're going to thirst again. But if you ever. <laughs> if you ever taste. Of this water that I shall give. And she left. Her water boat. And the next moment. She's running and screaming into the city. Come see a man. That was a godsend to my life. Come see a man that with a ravaged and torn and abused and a, a horrible past. Come see a man that told me all things that ever I did. And from a harlot to an evangelist, she's preaching, come see a man. A godsend. A godsend. I'm to the text. Poof, they were distraught, 
worried, afraid. Jesus showed up. Christ appears to the eleven. They're terrified. Terrified. They're affrighted, the Bible even says. Talks about divine demonstration, explaining the fulfillment of the prophecy. And, and then the text, he said, I read it. And behold, I'm going to send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry here in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. I must needs go away, but I'm going to send. Hallelujah. St. John 14 and 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. St. John 16 and 7 It is expedient for you that I go away For if I go not away The comforter will not come unto you But if I depart I will send him unto you Is there anybody in this place glad For Holy Ghost power in your life Anybody here glad That he wasn't just telling a little story A fable No, it's the truth He sent Holy Ghost power I'm who I am you have the power that you have over the sins of this world because of a godsend. Oh, clap your hands to the Lord. He said, I'm going to send it. I'm going to send it. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, and they were all in one place in one accord, there appeared under them, there came a sound of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared on them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. I want you to know, I'm hurrying. It happened for the book of Acts church. It worked for them, and it still works today. In 2012, Holy Ghost power is still falling. Hallelujah. It's a God sin. Hallelujah. Acts 1 and 8, and ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. It's a God sin. Luke 3 and 16. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. It's a God sin. Hallelujah. Anybody thank God for the Holy Ghost. Clap your hands and say, Lord, I want to thank you for a God sin. Hallelujah. 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 With all that said, there is a godsend that I don't want. Paul said, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Push the rewind button. Demas's life. There was a day he was a part of the revival. There was a day that he had heard the powerful preaching of Paul and was moved and was stirred and was in his amen corner. There was a day that he knew of the miraculous power of this God that Paul would preach about. But he said he's gone. Paul said he's forsaken me having loved this present world. Not yesterday's world, not tomorrow's world, but this present world, this right now world. Something had lured him. Something had pulled on him. Something had seduced him that he now has forsaken Paul and the things of God for a present world. read for me. Listen to your Bible. 2 Thessalonians 2 start at verse 7. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. It's already working. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed uh -oh. whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth. Yes sir. And shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. 
And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Listen. Because they receive not the not. love of the truth. They receive not a love for the truth. Watch. That they might be saved. For this cause. Because of this. God shall send them God. strong delusion. Not the pastor. Not the preacher. Not the evangelist. God shall send them. Not a weak, watered-down delusion, but a strong, is what your Bible says. God will send a strong delusion. For what? That they should believe a lie. Believe a lie. That they all might be damned who believe not the truth. That they would be damned who believe not the truth. But had pleasure in unrighteousness. I'm for all those other God sins. You hear me? You're looking at a preacher that he put his hand on me before and healed this body. He's touched me in weak moments and made me strong. He filled me with Holy Ghost power. He sent Holy Ghost power to the church. Revival spirit. The good things of God. Oh, I'm for them. I want them. And they're an awesome thing and we need them. But there's one God send I don't. And that is a strong delusion because my present world was getting more of my attention than God. Because of unrighteousness, because there was no love for the truth, a delusion is a false belief or an opinion. It is being in the state of being deluded. God said, I'll send that individual a strong delusion because they just don't love this truth. We're living in a day when this present world is being let into the church. Now, let me say something here. There are wonderful men of God. I'm, not, I'm 49 years old. I'm, I'll tell you that. I'm not an old man. And I, I don't know where the line is drawn. I, I don't know of some things maybe I, I shouldn't say or preach. But there are elders in this room and you hear me. It would not phase me. You come pull my coattail and I'll sit down and let the good man of God come and preach. But there's some things that I'm afraid not to say. There's some things that I'm afraid not to preach about. Hallelujah. You know, it's 2012. You better make the church relevant to the times. I'd love to see that scripture. Change the church where everybody that walks in your doors will feel comfortable. Let the church evolve into something new and something fresh. We're living in a new day. Somebody hear this preacher. That's what will bring a strong delusion to your household. Hallelujah. That's because you're taking the things, the principles of God's word that we have believed and trusted and know is right. And we let them go. We let them go. God says, when you let that go, there's nothing but unrighteousness that can come to your life. And he don't want it. He don't want you to do it, sir, ma'am. You hear this preacher. But you can get yourself in a place that God says. I'm going to send a strong delusion. Let the church evolve, man. Come on, look at the year, the times we're living in. Let the church evolve. Don't preach too hard and too straight and too strong because, you know, we want everybody, we want the, the elect of our society to like us and to stay. Won't you tell Paul that? Won't you show me that in the Word of God? I don't want a God sin that will make me believe a lie about this doctrine. 
Hallelujah. We're going to continue to hold. Anybody still believe there is but one God? He is the one true God. Hallelujah. And we will worship only Him. I don't want a delusion to come to me uh, that I'll believe something that somebody else says and try to mess with and change our doctrine. I'm going to stay right where we are, friend. It's worked this far. It's got me to where I'm at. I'm going to hold to it with all that's within me. I don't want a God sin that'll make me believe something beside the new birth experience will get you into heaven. You hear me, my Bible still says you gotta repent of your sins. You gotta be baptized in Jesus' name. You've got to be filled with Holy Ghost power with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. You gotta live a separated lifestyle from the world. Or you ain't going. You fall out of love with a new birth experience. And God will send you a delusion. Something in your spirit that will believe. Watch this. A backslidden preacher. Oh, that church has went charismatic. They've gone. O.C. Marler this week, I heard O.C. Marler say, won't we quit saying that? He said, quit saying they're going charismatic and just say they backslid. The preacher's backslid. I don't want God sending me a delusion, a watered-down, deluded thought that would say maybe you can get in without this new birth experience. Oh, no, it still works. You've got to have Holy Ghost power after. You're going to get that power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. It's a God sin I don't want. I'm almost finished. I don't want a God sin that tells me that, well, you know what now, Hollywood's going, I believe it's going to be all right. You don't have to look far to see what it's doing. I don't want a God sin that said, you, you know, just kind of line your life to that. You don't have to live a holy lifestyle. Separation. I don't want that kind of God sin. I don't want a God sin that says the sports world is okay for the apostolic people. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. Can I say it plain? And we lift them up and we worship them and their pictures are everywhere and they make millions and they leave the game and you're so getting excited because they won and they go back to their 15 whores. I don't want a God sin that will dilute my thinking to say, you know what, I'm going to ease up a little here and let up a little there. Hallelujah. I'm not going to preach about immodesty anymore. I just think there ought to be a, let me tell you something, you don't want that kind of God sin that will dilute your thinking to think that a woman does not have to be holy, that a, a woman does not have to keep the scissors out of her hair. Hallelujah. I don't want that kind of God sin. okay nobody's pulled on me yet but you still can this is me if you're going to color that hair you just will color that face the sad okay the sad deal is you don't have to go downtown now to hear a soft sermon you don't have to go searching for a loose lecture. But there are backslidden preachers who has a sign out front that says they're Pentecostal and they're apostolic and they're scared to preach it. They're getting away from the principles of this word that I was raised on that you men preached to me and told me that it was going to take to be saved. I'm not going to let go of it. I'm going to hold to these truths. I'm not going to let go because I don't want a godsend that says I'm going to send him strong delusion. Hallelujah. Stand. Stand with me. Stand with me.
This goes way back to my ancestors. Generation and generation and generation. And who am I to stand in 2012 and say it's, well, it's really not that way. God help us. J. Swalgart, 1906. Azusa Street. Oh yeah, it was a godsend. America, people that were tired of dead and boring and tried religion. God sent. But he said, Oh, this is all good and this is great. But he said, There'll come a day, there'll be an overemphasis on the power rather than on righteousness. He said, There'll be a greater emphasis on praise to a God that nobody no longer even prays to. He said there'll come a day when there'll be much more, it'll be much easier to celebrate than to agonize. He said there'll come a day there'll be a strong emphasis on Holy Spirit and gifts rather than on the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Gave a little simple analogy. I, I have several times. At the church I pastor. Parents, they're looking for a daycare. They've got their little ones with them. And they go to the business. and They're showing them around. They've got their little toddlers with them, the little one. Oh, yeah. And they step out the back door. This is our play area. And about 50 feet is a 200-foot cliff. There's no fence. Or no, there's no boundary. This is, yeah, this is, we tell the kids, though. We tell them of the dangers of that cliff. Well, you don't have a, no, we don't, we don't, we don't worry with the fences or the boundaries. We just tell them. What do they do? They grab up their kids and they get out of there as fast as they can go. Next one, oh, it's, oh, this is the, oh, it's 12 lanes of traffic. It's a big highway. It's a dangerous place. Yeah, but we just, you know, we tell, we tell the kids, don't get close to those cars. Ain't a mom or dad that's got any sense about them at all. They can say, well, we'll try in a few days. Now you tell me the difference in a mom and dad that's sitting in a church that's supposed to be preaching this truth that's taken down all the fences, all the boundaries, all the guidelines. You tell me the difference. In a loose lecture, a soft sermon, a well-spoken orator. What are you saying? You better get them kids out of there. Because if you fall in love with that, God said, I'm going to send you where you'll believe. When that preacher says it's okay, you're going to believe it to be the truth. God will do that. I'll make you to believe a lie. The finished product isn't good. And to be careful and say, this organization, the men that are in this room, and those that are apart that are not here, is a godsend to me. The men that said, oh yeah, oh yeah, we're still going to stay behind that line. Oh, I want it. I want revival. I want the good things of God. I want to feel the churches. I want all that. But I'm telling you what, I will not prostitute this truth to get there. Because I'll get to a place that God says, you know what, I've gave you a lot of God sins, Tim Boyd. You hear me? He showed up. I can't tell you. 
how he has showed up in the sorrow in my life when I don't have any answers. And he just shows up and he assures all those God sins, God forbid, in my latter years that I get to a place that all of a sudden this truth doesn't mean to me what it's supposed to mean. And he sends delusions. I don't know the order right here, right now. It's, it's a 12.15. I didn't, I didn't go an hour. But I don't know. Will you walk up here? Is that okay? That if we just stand across this front? You know what I want you to do first? I want you to lift those hands and thank God for every God sin He sent to your life. I want you to from way down on the inside say, Lord, I know it was you. I know it was you, God. I know it was you. It was a God send in my life. It was the timing was right, God, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I want to give you praise and glory and honor for it, God. Come on, will you tell him? Come on, you know he did it. You know it was God. You know it was God that did it. Hallelujah. I want to thank you. I want to thank you for it, God. Come on, thank you for a few moments. But before you leave this altar, I want you to tell God, God, don't let me get to that other place. Don't ever let me get to that place that I fall out of love with this truth. That you will delude my mind to believe a lie. I don't want it to happen. I don't want it to happen to my children. I don't want it to happen to my family, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. In what you know is true. Hallelujah, he'll see us through it. the Lord. Hallelujah. When troubles rise in your life and you don't know what to do, you'll be fine if you just keep believing. Oh, yeah. Keep believing. Lift your hands in what you Come on, hold on to the principles of God's Word. Live and love and fall in love with God's Word. the Lord will see you through when troubles rise in your life and you don't know what to do. You'll be fine if you just keep believing. Keep believing. you take a moment where it's appropriate reach over lay a hand on a brother take a sister by the hand strengthen one another in the Lord right now God bind us together in strength God is a people let our cry be for truth for the ways of God oh yes keep believing 
tell you this is a God sin. What we've heard in this house this morning is a God sin. Thank you Lord for men of God that will stand firm and preach the word of God to give direction. Clap your hands to the Lord as a praise offering to Him. Oh, I feel His presence in this house today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. My Lord, my Lord, thank you, Brother Bourne, for the Word of God today. Amen. I don't want that God sin in my life. Amen. It scares me to believe a lie. I want God to know whatever it takes. I don't want to believe a lie. I want to hold on to this truth. Amen. Oh, what a presence of the Lord is in this place. Amen. I I hope this word doesn't just hit the surface today and sinks deep.